Words matter. They can change the course of your day. Just listen. You are brave. You are stronger than you think. You have value, worth, and dignity. Don't you feel better already? Welcome to Speak Healing Words, the podcast. Join author and board-certified life coach Janelle Reardon as she opens a very important conversation about the power of our words. Hello and welcome to Speak Healing Words, the podcast. I am Janelle, your host for today's conversation. I'm so excited about this special series that we are in, The Hallways of Home. You see, this little thing called a global pandemic, mm, a little but very serious pandemic, has caused all of us to shelter in place, to come home, and to work from home, to worship from home, to homeschool the children. So many new normals. We're all wearing masks and gloves and socially distancing ourselves. And now after about eight weeks, nine weeks, we're seeing our states allow things to reopen slowly and cautiously. So we will be now experiencing what it's like to come out from this sense of hibernation in many ways. But in this special series, we've talked about a lot of hard things. Yeah, I talk a lot about hard things here on Speak Healing Words because the hard things are where where life asks us to challenge ourselves to become all that we were created to be. We've talked about the anatomy of yelling, the anatomy of repression. Season 3, episode 10 was quarantine quarrels and talking about how to have healthy family conflict. You know, when you, when you have some too much bonding going on within the family, there tends to be a whole lot of conflict. And so don't be too hard on yourself because this pandemic has called each and every one of us to an entirely different emotional intelligence that we've really ever encountered. And I've been sharing some of the wisdom teachers of this time, Dr. Kurt Thompson, Brene Brown. And today I want to I wanna bring in another wisdom teacher. Her name is Kristen Neff, N-E-F-F. And Kristen Neff is known for her wisdom on that powerful form of emotional intelligence, self-compassion. And I felt today was the time, that Kairos perfect God time, to interject a conversation about how to be kind and gentle and compassionate and gracious to ourselves. Yeah, I think the anatomy of yelling and repression and perhaps even how to be a safe parent, those conversations may have led us down some dark hallways of some shadows in our life, some perhaps childhood traumas that have subconsciously seeped their way into our lives and we created defense strategies and mechanisms and coping skills and put on personalities that perhaps really aren't our true essence. 
And that is at the, that is the crux of the matter here on this podcast and inside of our online Facebook community, Stronger Every Day. We are calling one another to that threefold cord of emotional health and wellness, a healthy sense of self, healthy behavior patterns, and healthy communication skills, which are the foundation upon which we find and build and live our true self. Some call that our authentic self, our essence. Paul in the New Testament says it's our new creation, our new self. We need to put away our old self and put on our new self. Paul repeats that over and over. And so I thought that, you know, to to counter just a little or to give us a tool that is critical in our emotional health toolbox, self-compassion, will help us to face the more difficult, hard topics of transformation like putting away yelling, putting away anger, unhealthy anger, putting away a lack of self-control, putting away judgment, putting away criticism, putting away shame, will help us be able to truly navigate the journey with a truer north compass in our hand. So all of these hard things definitely require us to look at the anatomy of self-compassion as well, which would be grace, speaking with a gracious tone to ourselves, speaking healing words to ourself, practicing kindness to ourself, self-love, self-care, and having empathy for ourselves. So the common word today is going to be self. And for many of us, especially those in the who follow Christ, in our tradition, we're not often taught to think about ourself in the healthiest of ways. And it's so critical that we do, because you'll hear me say this a million times, we must put on our oxygen masks first. That's the primary rule on an airplane. If some crisis hits the airplane, every captain, every steward will say, parents, put on your oxygen mask first or you will have no supply within your own body to help your children and those in your care. So today is all about giving ourselves, taking care of ourselves. Sorry about that. It's all about listening to our inner self as it guides us to live a very healthy life. So in her book, her beautiful book, Self-Compassion, The Proven Power of Being Kind to Yourself, Kristen Neff defines self-compassion as extending compassion to oneself in instances of perceived inadequacy. Oh yeah, are you listening? (laughs) Failure or general suffering. Extending compassion to oneself in instances of perceived inadequacy, failure, or general suffering. I'm just not enough. I'm never good enough. I'm never fast enough. 
I'm never happy enough. I'm never spiritual enough. I'm just never enough. Oh, you are so stupid. Ooh, even saying these words to myself anymore makes me very uncomfortable because I have done some hard heart work in my life to really rewrite the negative narratives of my life and live in a new story filled with this self-compassion that we're talking about. And Neff defines that self-compassion is composed of three main components. And if you happen to have her book, and you'll hear me moving my books around, it's on page 41 and 42, where she actually says, self-compassion entails three core components. First, it requires self-kindness, self-kindness. That we be gentle and understanding with ourselves rather than harshly critical and judgmental. Second, it requires recognition of our common humanity, feeling connected with others in the experience of life rather than feeling isolated and alienated by our suffering. So here in the second component, common humanity, we're just realizing we're human. And, you know, for many of us who have walked in the perfectionist way, we don't like to think that we're human, meaning that we're imperfect, that we make mistakes, that we don't have to excel at absolutely everything, especially navigating a global pandemic. Remember, this has not happened since 1918. Oh yes, there have been tragedies. There have been um, atmospheric calamities in our world. There have been uh, earthquakes and hurricanes and tsunamis. There have been heart-wrenching difficulties in our, our world. But a global pandemic in which the world shuts down, where the world closes its doors, where churches stop being able to congregate, where groups of 10 or more can't come together. This is new territory, and I really want you to hear me today because I have heard from several of my clients, particularly, and then other voices this week, and I have heard and seen on their faces via FaceTime, via Zoom, the weariness, and then the surprise when I say, you know, you don't have to do this perfectly. When this pandemic's over, you do not get a grade. There will not be an A plus assigned or a grade point average of 4.0. You will not be given summa cum laude uh, stature for getting through this pandemic with perfection. This is something we're all navigating and we're trying, I'm trying to bring to us wisdom teachers and offer my own wisdom so that the compass in our hand does point truest north that it can today. Now I will learn things today that tomorrow will point you into a truer north. But today I do my best to offer you this so that you are at least moving a little more in that direction. 
So three components, first being self-kindness, stop being so critical of yourself, quiet that inner critic, slow down the negative feedback loops that perhaps have been in your brain for so long that they're on automatic, and start new positive feedback loops. We have to remember we're common humanity. We all suffer and we suffer together. Uh, Brene Brown has a beautiful podcast um, now called Unlocking Us, and she addresses this comparative suffering. We compare our suffering even with one another. Well, I'm not starving in Africa, or my home wasn't blown away by a tornado, so who am I to complain? And take it a step further as a follower of Christ, well, we can quote scriptures. Yes, we need to. We need to speak healing powerful scriptural words. We need to continually put them into our mind, our heart. But it's okay to not always be okay. <laughs> I had a very down day yesterday. I have a an eye infection that hurts and is causing my head to pound. And where on earth did that come from? I haven't even been anywhere. And when I am somewhere, I wear gloves. Well, it's just stress, even subconscious stress, perhaps, that I don't even know is consciously bothering my body. But our nervous systems are on edge much of the time during crisis. And even when we practice, practice, practice all of these beautiful emotional health tools that we now possess, we are still living inside of a crisis in a fallen world. The third part of her core components is mindfulness. And I love, I love this word. Uh, my daughter and I are in a, an eight-week mindfulness course with Brown University. And this pandemic was not in full-blown mode when my daughter invited me to attend with her and when we signed up. And now we're like, wow, what foresight. God had for us to be in this really challenging, beautiful, peaceful, calm course with people from all over the world. And our teacher is so calm. And after our two and a half hour sessions, I just want to go to sleep. I don't think I've ever felt my nervous system at ease, like after a two and a half hour mindfulness course. And in the Christian faith, we would call this um, paying attention to the day, being in the now. Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow because today has enough worries of its own. So when we are mindful, Kristen Neff writes, we hold our experience in balanced awareness rather than ignoring our pain or exaggerating it, right? Haven't we all done both? We've repressed it, as we talked about in last the last episode. We've yelled about it. We've gotten angry about these things. When something in the present triggers us, we go into our past and then we move into the future. Rarely, please forgive me for that. I'm so sorry. Rarely do we stay focused right here in the 
moment. This moment is enough. My wise teacher in my mindfulness course said last week, this moment is enough. Mindfulness, holding our experience in balanced awareness rather than ignoring our pain or exaggerating it. We must achieve and combine these three essential elements in order to be truly self-compassionate. Yeah, these three components are so critical. She writes, self-compassion provides an island of calm. Oh, I'm going to say that again because it just makes me see palm trees and beach blankets, drinks with little umbrellas in them. Self-compassion provides an island of calm, a refuge from the stormy seas of endless positive and negative self-judgment so that we can finally stop asking, am I as good as they are? Am I good enough? Why doesn't my husband do that? Why don't my children act like their children? Why is my house in this neighborhood and not that one? You fill in the blanks there. Right here at our fingertips, we have the means to provide ourselves with the warm, supportive care we deeply yearn for. By tapping into our inner wellsprings of kindness, acknowledging the shared nature of our imperfect human condition, we can start to feel more secure, more accepted, and more alive. More alive. I think we all want to feel more alive. She has an exercise that I love so much. Well, she has many, I should say. But in her book on page 13, and the name of the exercise is How Do You React to Yourself and Your Life? So I really wanted to offer this to you as we're looking at the anatomy of self-compassion. And I don't ever like to leave you without a springboard, without a first step, without an action plan. So I thought this is, I couldn't write it better, so I'm just going to take it from her book, Self-Compassion, from page 13 and 14. She says, how do you typically react to yourself? So this is like a Socratic, beautiful Socratic exercise. You can either do it orally and just talk it out loud to yourself or to a friend or to whoever you're sheltering in place with, or you can use it in writing, write a journal, write in your journal. Um, type it out on your computer, just or just think about it. What types of things do you typically judge and criticize yourself for? Oh. Appearance, career, relationships, parenting, and so on. What type of language do you use with yourself when you notice some flaw or make a mistake? Mm. Excuse the page turning. How do you talk to yourself? Do you judge or shame or criticize yourself? Do you talk in a harsh prosody? Remember that tone of voice? Or do you take a more kind and understanding tone? So hop back to season one, episode five, prosody, power or poison, and just 
get a good solid review of how important this nonverbal communication skill tone is to all of our interpersonal relationships at home, at work, and family, church, everywhere. Our tone of voice is so critical, especially in how we talk or hear ourselves. And that has a lot to do with our healthy sense of self that we have as our first um, solid cord of a healthy emotional awareness of our in our own lives. And in my work in overcoming hurtful words, rewrite your own story, in choosing healthy over unhealthy, I did a lot of work when it comes to really developing a strong sense of self. Because you see, a lot of a lot of how we think and feel about ourselves comes from our beginnings. Your heart had its very own beginning from the moment you were born. It was shaped by those who held it first, the good, the bad, and the ugly. A funny thing about our beginning is we had no control over it. We didn't get to choose our mothers or fathers. The early formation years are critical because during this time, we absorb the emotional energy of our earliest caregivers. It's just, it goes into us like a deposit in the bank. Their words, verbal, and their actions, nonverbal, and their beliefs create an emotional atmosphere in the home. And this greatly influences our emotional development. It is in their care that we learn to relate as future parents and spouses, siblings and children, workers, co-workers, congregants and citizens. You see, we watch them, we listen to them, we replicate them, we mirror them. Mirroring is the primary way infants learn emotion. And tone of voice is one of the most primary ways that our psyche, our neurology, our nervous system is formed. So critical. Renowned psychiatrist, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk writes, some experiences imprint themselves beyond where language can reach. That would be in our implicit memory system, our subconscious. These myriad connections often do imprint on our psyche and prove to be tenuous and complex. They hold an innate potential for heartbreak and hard feelings. And if we are honest, they can also hold a bit of hell on earth. Yet when we open the pages of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, we quickly see how God felt so strongly about relationships. He said, it's just not good for man to be alone. When he created man, he's like, it's not good for you to be alone. I need to create a partner for you, a helper, a companion. You see, God values relationships far more than we could ever imagine. So much that he enjoyed walking and talking to the man and woman every single day. Every day. So critical how we, how we view and perceive ourselves. Maybe you need a, a little time to think about what is this thing called a healthy sense of self or healthy identity or true essence? What are you talking about, Janelle? 
Well, once again, we've spent a lot of time here in this podcast and in our Stronger Everyday community. You can go back to season two, start with episode 23 and 24, where we talk about healthy assertiveness, making decisions on how we can think for ourselves, how we can talk for ourselves, how we can hear God for ourselves. And then move on to season two, episode 26 and 27, where we talk about putting away our old self, our false self, and moving towards developing and coming home to our true self. I'm sure this sounds like a new language. Like, what on earth is she talking about? But once you move through these episodes, they will become, they will just become part of you. And you will go, yeah, 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 I get it. I so, so get it. And in my own healing journey, I really had no idea how to find my way home to my true self. So in writing Overcoming Hurtful Words, Rewrite Your Own Story, my latest book, I went away and spent some time in stillness and silence to really seek God and to find out where we begin. And I honestly believe that I heard some God whispers and he helped me to create this beautiful meditative exercise based on Genesis 2-7. Going back to that time when God breathed life into man and I took it a little step further and I thought, I wonder what that moment was like when God had the idea to create me and bring me into the world. And so he whispered this beautiful meditation to me. And I know that I must have listened to it a million times while I was uh, on that, that writing journey of that time of being away. And I then came home and created it an into an audio meditation so that you too could experience what I experienced. And so I'm going to put that right here, hopefully. Hopefully my technical my technical abilities will rise to the occasion and I will be able to have that right here for you to just take pause, be in the moment, and allow those words to wash over you, pour over you, and maybe you will hear the God whispers you need to hear about your true self. So take just a few minutes to settle in, to calm down, to find a quiet place, and listen. Our Genesis 2-7 beginning. The first step toward a healthy heart is to travel back to where it all started to your very own Genesis 2-7 beginning. Back to the moment in history when God decided it was time for you to be born. Not a ho-hum idea, but an exacting, strategic, highly intentional decision. Will you walk with me to that special moment? God had created the entire earth, but had not yet created anyone to take care of it. It is recorded that he formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. 
That same incredible God-sized deep breath that gave life to Adam also gave life to you and me. What an astounding thought. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath and be mindful of this moment. Here are a few important preparations before we start. If you can, turn off all of your devices. Settle down inside and allow the outside world to fade for a few minutes. Close your eyes. Take a very deep breath and be mindful of this moment. Are you ready? Picture a beautiful, luscious garden. The colors are mesmerizing. Deer are drinking from a crystal river. Lions lay with lambs. There's a peace in the air that feels unusual, yet comforting. Gently, with grand intention, God bends down and picks up a handful of life-giving, heart-lifting Eden dust. Smiling, he closes his eyes. His mind fills with passion, purpose, potential, and endless possibilities for what is about to happen. He lifts his hand and quiets everything around him. Silence settles in like a soft summer rain. Then he inhales, taking a God-sized deep breath, and exhales the excellence of his being into your being. That breath of life imbues your distinct inner and outer character qualities, your gifts and talents, your purpose and passion, and gives you a God-created capacity for affecting your sphere of influence with greatness. This God-sized deep breath enables you to move through the ups and downs of life as an overcomer. When you need strength, remember this breath. When you need courage, remember this breath. When you need love, remember this breath. When you need joy, remember this breath. God's creative work is now finished. Waves of laughter and joy swell as all of Eden rejoices over your life. Hear all of heaven say, Oh, look at her beautiful smile. She is full of potential. God outdid himself today. You feel so welcome, so loved, so valued, so peaceful. God speaks his blessing over you, his highly valued child. Then, with a heavenly embrace, he sends you off into the world to fulfill your God-breathed destiny. 
pause for a moment before continuing. Do you hear any God whispers? Be sure to write them down. Then take yet another moment and just be in this moment. Prior to leaving, speak the following prayer aloud as the finishing touch, or maybe just listen. It is actually the text of Psalm 139, verses 13 through 18. But today, it is a prayer. Dear God, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Amen. Now, take a few moments to let this all sink deep into that beautiful soul of yours. So, dear friend, what did you hear? Did you hear any God whispers? I hope so. Take your time with it. Listen to it again and again. It takes a while sometimes to quiet ourselves, to find our way home. So in closing, I just want to read a benediction. This has been a sweet time together. I've so enjoyed it. I hope you have as well. I'm going to read Psalm 23, which I think is like an anthem of self-compassion. I'm reading from the voice translation. The eternal is my shepherd. He cares for me always. He provides me rest and rich green fields beside streams of refreshing water. He soothes my fears. He makes me whole again steering me off worn, hard paths to roads where truth and righteousness echo, echo, echo his name. Even in the unending shadows of death's darkness, I'm not overcome by fear because you are with me, eternal, in those dark moments. You are near with your protection and guidance and I am comforted. You spread a table out before me. You give me provisions in the midst of attack from my enemies. You care for all my needs, anointing my head with soothing, fragrant, healing oil, filling my cup again and again and again with your grace. 
Certainly, your faithful protection and loving provision will pursue me where I go, always, everywhere. I will always be with the Eternal. I will always live in your house, Eternal, forever. That, my friends, is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Until we meet next time, remember, you have value, worth, and dignity. Stay open to hear those God whispers. And more than anything else, practice self-compassion because you are worth it. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and conversation, please join the Speak Healing Words community at JanelleReardon.com. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and conversation, please join the Speak Healing Words community at JanelleReardon.com.